Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Why, that's right, it's the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to. I am your host, John, with me, as always on this lovely journey of ours, my co-host and good friend, Jeff. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> you know, it's an exciting time. Yeah, yeah. Is is there something exciting in particular about this time? Uh, well, it's a time we get to talk about Lawnmower Man, so that's <laughs> exciting. Yes, we do. Oh, Lawnmower Man, which I never saw the original, and, and I couldn't find the original on Amazon, so I watched the director's cut. The director's so, cut. So uh, that's just a little warning in advance for the big fans of Lawnmower Man out there. All you uh, lawnmower heads out there. <laughs> you mowers men, as you call yourselves. <laughs> Uh, this is a this is of the director's cut specifically, and I don't know the differences. Uh, God knows I've seen both before, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell you what the differences were. <laughs> I assume slightly longer versions of dumb shit. Maybe there's just more of that of the the, the uh, video toaster like screensaver footage that that counts for VR in this world. Entirely possible. <laughs> it's uh, it's really something the VR. Oh yeah. Well, this is. A movie that came out in 92. Yeah. And uh, I've mentioned on, I think, even this show before, the fact that early 90s had this weird obsession with VR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you this know, isn't the only movie like this. No, but you had movies, you'd go into an arcade, and they'd have the, like, $20 put a big dumb helmet on VR thing, and yeah. the entire experience was walk around and maybe maybe swing a sword. Well, the other thing is that horror movies routinely reflect the fear of the time. Everyone was afraid of those big dumb helmets. <laughs> <laughs> well, or you know, the future there was a genuine fear at the time that VR would be like the end of civilization. Oh, that, it's going to take yeah, over. Yeah, everyone will spend all their time wearing helmets and having pretend internet sex. And, <laughs> and not- instead, they were just not wearing helmets and having pretend internet sex. <laughs> but- everyone should have been like, let's make a horror movie out of the AOL chat room. It's funny because I can't think off the top of my head of another specifically virtual reality horror film, but there, there's other... I mean, like, they're around. Or from the, around the mid-90s, or, or early 90s, late 80s, there's a lot of movies about like the horrors of computer technology. Well, I mean... There's like Hologram Man. I don't know if, <laughs> there's there's a reason that the, if you die in the game, you die in real life is a trope phrase. Yeah, and Virtuosity, I feel like, is that's a little more late 90s, but... Eh. Yeah, but you, you get... there. There's plenty of these like fear of technology movies, right? but this one is... This one's really something. It's a, It's a fear of... Virtual reality that is giving a lot of work to what virtual reality will include. Like, virtual reality in the future is going to change everything. Also, super soldier serum. Yeah, there's... I mean, the thing about Lawnmower Man, that before we get into any of the spoilers or anything that we're going to do, yeah, I want to say it's interesting because... The movie isn't really like a lot of things like, oh, no, the technology's bad. It's really mostly, hey, the government interfering yeah. is bad. Yeah, that, that theoretically this this whole uh, experiment could have been a good thing, but that uh, the government forced the hand of the of the noble scientist. Yeah. And, and they played God too quickly. There's a slow, correct way to play God. <laughs> There's there's playing God, mm-hmm. but you got to do it, you know, deliberately. If you try and speed run God, then you're going to fuck up. You, you clip p- through the wall and then your shit's screwed. <laughs> you're playing God. You got to use the rhythm method so you can pull out at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, uh, Pierce Brosnan, Jeff Fahey, everybody shirtless, everybody sweaty. <laughs> it's a it's a sweaty, steamy movie. I mean, yeah, if we're gonna go through like the quick pre spoiler review. Imagine, if you will, a 90-minute Tales from the Crypt episode and then, with no cool go- uh, ghoul at the beginning or end. And then make it, like, 15 minutes more because of a director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was almost exactly... I think it was an hour and 45. Hour yeah. 48. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, you're right. So, so, uh, so, yeah, imagine, if you will, an hour and 45-minute Tales from the Crypt episode, but not Demon Knight or Bordello of Blood uh, and because the Crypt Keeper's not there to make it interesting. No, it's... This movie falls follows a very simple set him up and knock him down mm-hmm. revenge plot. Yep. With some very interesting decisions on how that is implemented. Yes, very much so. But ultimately it is so similar to a uh, a Tales from the Crypt type, type of thing that my first thing when when I finished watching it was checking to see if the, uh, either of the script writers had ever written for Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> Just cuz it was it it hits every hallmark I associate with anthology horror from that era. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'll say this. It's very much of the times. Yes, it's extremely 1992. Uh, and, you know, having watched it again, I feel like I fluctuated a lot over time on Lawnmower Man, mm. where there was a time when I was like, oh, this is this is fine. And then I watched it again and was like, this is awful. Yeah. And then I watched it again and was like, no, nah, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, it never reached this is good, but it has reached this is fine. I mean, it's tough for a movie like this to reach this is fine because it's going to be hard to get around the in, the treatment of the main character being a mentally disabled man. Yes. Uh, a, a neuro, a, 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 someone with, with neurological differences uh, who is treated like a big kid like they dress him like like alfred e newman it's it, it they, they uh they're using an old school definition of that kind of dignity yeah well i mean it's you know what let's get into it uh, we'll 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 dive into that yeah. so we'll dissect we'll we'll take that apart in the old classroom yeah <laughs> uh but yeah you know if you haven't seen it honestly Fucking maybe give it a watch. I don't know. I can't. It's in good conscience. <laughs> but then again, you know, John and I have very different standards for horror. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and I have I have a weird enjoyment of this and an appreciation <laughs> that I understand is not what most people would have. I mean, there are several points where I was guffawing at it. So <laughs> if you enjoy a good chuckle. Yeah. Go for it. At the expense of a cringe worthy film. Uh, All right, so let's go ahead and play a little music so that we can gather our thoughts and really come back with a very concise, well-constructed deconstruction of 1992's The Lawnmower Man. That's what we do. Don't let your mouth find a chick that your ass can cast on the Yeah, so let's just go over it real quick. So it, it, it features a guy named Harold Parquette, and uh, and and he his his like gardener dies, and so he like hires a new gardener, and then the gardener shows up, and they're like from 
They're, they're like, hey, I have a, a very interesting technique for gardening. Show me your overgrown lawn. And he does. Something, something, Cersei, something, 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 something Cersei. And the guy's like, that's weird. Why did he mention Cersei? Anyway, I'm going to go read a book in my in my, in my my study and think about Cersei. I'm, I'm going to go smoke a pipe and read a uh, newspaper mm-hmm. like the distinguished gentleman I am. Mm, stocks are up and bonds are down. Stonks? <laughs> They, oh, I hear a lawnmower, he thinks to himself, and then looks outside, only to be horrified to see that the man is, the lawnmower's running itself, and the uh, the, the pot-bellied fellow who who is his new gardener is chasing a lawn behind it on all fours, eating all the grass as it flies out from behind it. Bare ass naked. Naked. Yep. And then he chases down and eats a mole in front of the Well, Herald. no, the lawnmower chases down and kills a mole. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, this causes Harold to faint. Yes. At which point he he awakes. And uh, the man's like, hey, uh, the, the gardener who's, who is there with him is like, yeah, my boss is uh, has He's a lot implemented of- this new lawn mowing uh, way, and it's much more efficient mm-hmm. and better. It carries certain gifts with it. Uh, that said, it can punish those who interfere with the process. Yeah, we do make sacrificial uh, rights out of anyone who complains. Yes. Uh, this scares Harold, so when the man goes back outside, he attempts to call the police, and then the man comes rushing back inside and says, my boss is Pan, and tears him apart. And then the police show up, and mm-hmm. they're like, ah, oh, God, you hate to see it. Looks like another <laughs> murder victim from a schizophrenic sex maniac. One of them schizophrenic sex maniacs must have gotten in here and just rent this dude asunder the way schizophrenic sex maniacs are known to do i can tell it was a sex maniac because because this dude's been ripped apart (laughs) you know that's a sex thing is ripping someone apart yeah (laughs) and there you have the lawnmower man the 1975 stephen king short story that this movie was based on in name only in name (laughs) so if you haven't heard this story it's funny uh, Lawnmower Man was an original. Uh, was originally a Stephen King short story, uh, but when the the uh, rights to it were purchased, they instead filmed an unrelated script that was called Cyber God at the time. That was the the uh, the practice script for it, like the 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 pre filming name. Yeah. Uh, they attached Lawnmower Man to it. Has nothing to do with that that short story at all. And when King found out, he sued to have his name removed from the credits because he had a credit in the first place that was like Stephen well, yeah, King underwriting writing name only. <laughs> Yeah, they had, you know, the two people who actually wrote the screenplay and then, like, you know, also credit for Stephen King. And he was like, you get my name the fuck out your mouth. What the fuck is this garbage? (laughs) Where's my story where a fat little dude says that Cersei taught him to eat lawnmower trimmings? That's what I want. That's a good book. (laughs) That's a great story. And I stand by that to this very day. You can't have VR be the killer. It's got to be a schizophrenic sex maniac. <laughs> it kind of is. Well, I mean, uh. I mean, it's more like a schizophrenic magic sex enjoyer. I'm a magic sex enjoyer. <laughs> I enjoy magic sex. Who doesn't? That sounds Look, great. I got a fucking magician to get off. <laughs> Not me. Just a lady you can teleport through hell. Okay. That's magic sex. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, get, you, yeah, magic do, with a K. Do you get it? Magic. <laughs> Magic. 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 <laughs> anyway, the actual the actual movie. We should probably... Yes. The actual movie. So... It opens with some chimp footage that is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> the, the base beginning here is that Dr. Angelo, Dr. Lawrence Angelo, played by Pierce Brosnan... At his sweatiest and shirtlessness, assist. <laughs> uh, he has... 
an experiment going in VR where they're basically training chimps in VR to murder things in VR. I don't know what the end game of this is because Dr. Angelo's general thing is like, I want to use VR as a teaching method. Yes. Like I want to actually stimulate parts of the brain and make it so that we can accelerate, you know, intelligence and learning and growth. But they're like, yeah, we want to use it so that monkeys can shoot a thing in VR. And you're like, <laughs> all right, the government so who yeah, is funding this, is your goal to have chimps like take a gun into the real world and you're just training them in VR? Yeah, there's uh, there's DSI or the, the Direction of Secret Intelligence or something. And then the shop, which no, is... No, VSI is Virtual Space Incorporated, they, sorry, the company. Yes. Yeah, and then the shop is like the place where, that, where the government the gover- it's just government yeah it's some government thing and there's even scenes where like there's a toady who's kind of the handler for uh angelo locally yeah but he occasionally has to talk to dean norris who's like the big bad in this who only uses the emperor setting on his uh, on his uh t- virtual tv screen so you, you see, like, <laughs> can't see like below his chin or above his forehead it's just his entire fucking face fills a wall I love Dean Norris in this, by the way, in the worst acting he has ever done, because he is just like, oh, you want me to be like a shadowy government guy, huh? I think that means talking in the strangest way possible. (laughs) I want to sound as much as possible like a British person being tasked with doing an American accent and there's been no practice at all. Oh, can I do that? And they're like, aren't you american dean norris he's like oh as apple pie but in my mind a government man is a british man pretending badly to be an american man his his work on this is like anytime i have a line i have to be like this all the time you you'll make him see and i'm like what is my number one a guy yeah what the fuck is going on here it's so weird and he's got this like local toady handler who looks he's, he's like an actor that yeah. was in the 80s and 90s he looks like paul Shear. oh yeah I a mean, lot the teeth do a lot of that work but still <laughs> oh tim's sebastian tim's our local bad guy yeah um but anyway yeah angelo the sweaty sweaty scientist is like i'm about to make a breakthrough and i gotta point out vr is not that essential to what he's doing He's, like, using subliminal and strobe lights to kind of program monkey brains, but also injecting them with a tremendous amount of various druggy formulas. Yeah, it's essentially a, we have a formula that, I guess, makes it so that uh, the lights and things we are doing will activate part of your brain, and the drug helps that along. Yes, the drug stabilizes them and keeps them from going insane, but by the same token, it, it also expands their capacity for learning. When you inject them with it so that they're like, you know, they aren't just like, ooh, pretty lights, which is, you know, what would normally happen if you showed subliminal lights to a monkey or an ape. Uh, But I guess the drug he's shooting them up with is like turning their brain into like knowledge sponges. And uh, the problem with this program, of course, is that the government are like, well, you need to put aggression drugs in there because we want them to be killers. And you're like, okay, uh well, I'm not sure why you want more aggression in them. You've already forced me to do that before because there's a point in the movie where he mentions that they originally had two apes. They put the they aggression. Had, they had three chimps that they were working yeah. with, and two of the chimps killed each other. Yeah, they tore each other apart when they got any of the aggression drugs. And this third chimp, whose name, by the way, in an undeserved nod, is Roscoe1138. <laughs> 
What are you doing? Come on, that's a Lucas film. This is some. That's that's kind of a that's kind of a reach. Why didn't you name him Casablanca like the shit movie you are? <laughs> if you're gonna try and remind me of another movie, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we get a scene where this, like, after Angelo goes home for the night, he's because he's like, I will not turn my chimp into a weapon. You cannot force me to. I will not do it. And they're like, Great, take a hiatus. Take like a, a six month right, hiatus. Fuck off and Just fuck uh, along. Chill out. And then the monkey goes nuts and escapes. Yeah, the... Ape, the ape, the ape. The ape escapes because it is now smart enough to pick a lock. Yeah, it can pick locks and steal guns, and it's got this VR interface that we get to see, because obviously actually having an ape in this movie would cost any amount of money, and so we see the top half of a chimpanzee mask from time to time with a mask on it. Yeah, it's, and it's, then a, it's all first VR person. helmet yeah. on and, top of a, a chimp mask. Yep. And uh, it's all first person otherwise, but with a VR overlay that that is, it's one. It's one interesting. Of those, it's because interesting. I thought this was a VR program, not an augmented reality that we can do a like heads up display overlay on things. It's also one of those heads up display overlays that you see in movies where it's way more irritating than it would be useful. Oh yeah, where everything has like random moving giant squares all over it, and there's a voice behind it that's constantly repeating shit. Threat. Threat, 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 detected, detected, threat, threat, detected, threat, 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 detected. <laughs> uh, just constantly yammering at, at, at the ape, which is like, that's not going to help. None of this is, there's strobey shit on the side of the screen. What is that doing for him? <laughs> no, it's like anytime you see, you know, the Terminator from his point of view, and you're like, there's a lot of dumb shit going on here you don't need. Yeah, there's just so much extra crap because they got to make sure, like, in the visual identity of the film, they have to let you know that this is a VR or AR this interface. Is computer. Yeah, this is computer shit happening. That's why everything is bright red for some reason. Like, this, they force this poor chimp to see the world through a virtual boy. <laughs> uh. and Which already, for some reason, has been infected with, like, 15 extra task bars. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's the little purple ape dancing in the corner. It's the only thing on the screen that's not red. <laughs> I'm the helper ape. It's a little weather bug pop up telling you what the temperature is. What's that thing called? It was something chimp. It was like male chimp or something. But uh, yes. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the chimp kills a bunch of guards and escapes into the night and, and then gets shot. Get, gets shot. And uh, Angelo wakes up having had a dream about this, which us you know assuming this is probably part of the you know spoilers that later this thing causes psychic powers that maybe the ape was like reaching out projecting this but what it it causes him to wake up and light a cigarette and he is never not smoking in this and then roll over to his wife and he's like wife wife of mine terrible nightmare and And she's she's like like, oh god damn i hate your fucking smoking in bed and he's like no but i had a terrible nightmare and she's like ah shut up and she's rolls off fuck fuck along and just rolls over and goes to sleep you're like all right i think there may be some difficulties in this marriage that's some interesting shorthand thank you uh i love this marriage because it lasts for the first 20 minutes of this movie and then never exists again or is mentioned it's just there to establish i think they might not be married i think they might just be living together but it's it's just there so that that we can shoehorn in one more steamy love scene well the i mean (laughs) the shorthand of this couple is married is so heavily used in the beginning of this film yeah and you're right when I was watching it, I was like, I'm not actually sure if they're married or not. Because there's a point where she's like, I'm leaving. And, uh, you know, it didn't work. And there's another point where he's like, I- are we getting divorced or? Yeah, no. There's 
He doesn't seem to care. She doesn't seem to care because she's like, oh, you, you only care about your virtual reality. You won't take me into the city. And he's like, I very clearly have uh, anxiety, depression, and a little bit of agoraphobia. And right now, after my project, my life's work falling apart, I kind of can't handle going into a city and being around people. And she's like, very well then. Fuck you. Sort of. Because when he gives her his big confession, he's like, I just, I can't be around people. Please don't force me to be around people. She's like, but we could fuck in a hotel room. And he's like, but we could fuck here. And she's like, great, let's fuck. And then the, and then the next scene with the two of them together is her walking down the stairs and being like, I'm leaving you forever. <laughs> uh, Yeah, she's like, I'm going to go to some city by myself. I'm going to go date, it's, not, it's like 1990, I'm going to go date my tennis instructor. His name is Gunter. <laughs> That's the kind of shit you'd expect. Yeah, but the weird part is, I think she's like, I'm going to go do whatever. I'll be back in like a couple weeks when you sort your shit out. Never is, and it's very clearly that this movie takes place over like months of yes, time. that is true. It, it takes place over a huge amount of time. Also, it kind of starts telegraphing towards the end that he's about to hook up with his newly single next-door neighbor. Yeah. So, I, I, I assume she's supposed to be like, maybe uh, she like says she's coming back, but, you know, she really says, I'm not coming back, you basement-dwelling weirdo. You like, you're, you're too much of a computer toucher for a real woman like me. <laughs> I need a woman toucher. <laughs> well, to be fair, when the first time she confronts him, because the next scene is literally her, uh, him uh, downstairs doing VR in his own VR workstation, which is cheaper, but still pretty cool. And this is our first real look at what human-looking VR is in this, which is a purple, badly made human form floating in a sea of multicolored It basically bubbles. looks like somebody, I don't know, made a snow globe out of nerds, mm-hmm. and he's floating in it. Because it's just multicolored blobs. It's just yeah, it's just blobs, and he's just floating around in it as a purple figure. And of course, he has to be going like, oh no, I understand <sighs> that you know the thing he is using it for is basically just trying to relax and being like, okay, I'm going to suspend myself so I have that sort of like floating sensation normally, and then I want to float through blobs and just kind of like not worry about life. I understand that. As the one thing in VR that seems like it would be actually work. Yes. Also, by the noise, noises I'm making, it's fairly apparent that one of these floating nerds' candies is sucking me off, like, a, <laughs> like I'm in a Tucker Carlson segment or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This was back in 1992 when you could have sexy candy. <laughs> when the nerds could still be thick. <laughs> these thick nerds. Uh, you know, like Pierce Brosnan in this movie, a thick nerd. <laughs> Definitely a chesty nerd. <laughs> That's for sure. But she walks down there and he's he's on his floaty bed thing, like using an extremely slow interface to switch from floating to falling through multicolored blobs. And she just walks in and goes like, Ugh, and unplugs it. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, don't do that. I'm in a session. I am working. And she's like, you are only always working and you're never thinking about me. And, and he's like. It's 10.30 on a Wednesday. This, this, this <laughs> is what, you, why aren't you at work? <laughs> what is, what's your deal? <laughs> this is the kind of film shorthand that only works in a movie. Like, like if someone showed up at your job and was like, you never pay attention to me. And, uh, and you're like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> you know I work at a Wendy's. Wendy, this is a ma'am's. <laughs> you're, you're always work. Yes, I, I have a job. You know, that's a thing I do. <laughs> I work. <laughs> Who paid for the house? (laughs) 
yeah, this is a really nice big house somewhere near a city. It has to be fairly expensive, and I can also afford, like, lawn care service. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just funny when she's, she does, like, the I, I'm disdainful of the job you have routine. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that, for me, when I was like, yeah, he very, very clearly and, you know, openly goes like, yeah, no, I can't do that. I, like, literally can't be around people right now. Mm-hmm. She mentions, like, you shouldn't drink. Because your depression will just get worse. You're like, oh, you know he has problems. Yeah. And he is telling you that the problems are worse right now. How did you get into this relationship with someone to this point where you're living with them? Yeah. And just now be like, boy, you sure do have some brain problems and work a lot. You're like, yeah, you look like you've been together for a while. How do you not know this? <laughs> well, it's just the breaking point of the relationship. That's all it is. She's like, I wanted to go into the city and fuck around and maybe shop, and you didn't take me, so I guess we're done now. It does have a fairly devastating line read where where, where uh, he gets uh, upset about that. He's like, he's like, yeah, but I'm working. In the future, you need to remind me when I need to do stuff. And she goes, I did. I reminded you several times. And he just goes, oh. Oh, okay. Well, I guess this is over then. Let's fuck. And then they fuck. And then the next day she leaves. <laughs> Gotta work in an extra love scene. This movie needs 80% humidity at all times. Everyone must be steamy or sweaty, and there's always a little bit of a nipple showing somewhere. Mostly man. It's basically just man nipple, except for one scene. Yeah, yeah, but there's always some. Uh. I'm just saying, this is like, like when I was saying in the in the intro that it hit all the hallmarks I expect from a Tales from the Crypt episode. It's that you've got to work in a love scene. You've got to have an obvious villain who gets knocked down by their own petard later in the movie. It's uh, 80% steam is is any given Tales and 20%. That, that's Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> He's always like, here's a rib of little tale of two adults who consensually fuck. <laughs> and then one of them gets killed by a lawnmower or something. I call it fuck then lawnmower <laughs> that's every one of them every single one of them every one i've ever seen granted uh, i've only ever seen three <laughs> granted i've watched one episode not counting the movies i have seen three episodes <laughs> and i have seen one of the movies wow <laughs> i've never seen demon knight i don't know if it's oh that's so good though is it the good i mean Port- me, blood was fucking let funny. me tell you the fact that our titular lawnmower man in this jeff fahey is very much the dollar store Billy Zane <laughs> and Demon Knight, you get the good Billy Zane. Ooh, you that. don't have Billy Zane at home. We go get Billy Zane. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> anyway, she leaves him, and meanwhile, there's a there's a meanwhile. We we are introduced to Jeff Fahey as Job, the the local uh uh man who's got problems. <laughs> <laughs> the local problemed man. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend after I watched this, and she was like, that sounds like such a fucking Stephen King thing, where you've got, like, a simple guy as your main character because he has secret wisdom, and he's being tortured by an evil priest who's a hypocrite, and there's a local gas station owner who's... And I was like, yeah, (laughs) Stephen King had nothing to do with this, but whoever wrote it, like, studied at his feet. Oh, yeah. There's so much Stephen King-ism in here that you're like, man, it's really weird that this didn't come from him at least a little bit. Yeah. Because Job lives, he's a ward of the church, and he lives in a little cottage that I guess the church lets him have. Yeah. Uh, But it's it's very much like a hunchback of Notre Dame type situation. Yeah, no, he's, he lives in a little 
cottage, mm-hmm. like, up on a hill near the church, and it's just got, you know, essentially it's a shed for storage, but it has a bed in there for him. Yes. Um, and it's clear there's also like some like a mirror with some marks written on it and stuff, uh, which is where the hypocritical priest who who lets him live there comes by to torture him from time to time for being so stupid. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that the Job's like lawn care boss mm-hmm. uh, is the brother of the priest. Yes, that's the weir- that's weird so to me. You have Terry and Francis McKean are the two and Terry mm-hmm. is. The, like, the very friendly, good to Job, helps him out, like, has him have this job, tries to help him with, you know, things that are going on. And then the priest, Father McKean, is just an awful asshole. But also the actor for Terry got the notion that, oh, McKean, that means we're Irish. I should be so Irish. I should be, like, fresh from the Emerald Isle Irish. (laughs) And the person playing the priest did not get that memo. Which, like, why not? Because an Irish Catholic is a thing. No, I know. But the fact that, like, Terry shows up and is like, oh, oh Joe boy, what are you doing up here? You live you live on a mountaintop. Now let's go mow some lawns. And then it goes to, like, the father and the priest is just like, ah, oh, these ants are godless. Ah, oh, Job, you're so dumb. And you're like, what the fuck happened between these two? <laughs> one of them, Terry McKean spent one year after high school in Ireland and is not... <laughs> Oh, it's it's such a shock for the culture to be back, me boy. I went there 20 years ago, and I can't stop worrying about me lucky charms. You really must go. Oh, You've never lived till you've seen Dublin, as I did for one week in 1971. As I did in a layover. Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah, uh, but but he is like the the good friend of Job. He's like the person who takes care of him and protects him. Yeah, Job has a couple people that you're like, oh, these are the nice ones. Yeah. So you've got uh, his boss in the lawn care, uh, Doctor Angelo's next door neighbor, uh, the kid there, and the mom, Peter. Yeah. Uh, Peter's like his best friend. They read comic books and play video games together. Yes. Uh, and that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the and then the mom of of uh, Peter is also nice because when uh, when Peter's over there visiting with him one time, she's like, "Hey, why don't you come over to our house and have some Kool Aid when you're done mowing the lawns?" Yeah. So there's a couple people in town who who, who are nice to him. Uh, it's funny because as far as portraying mental illness goes, he mostly plays it as like honestly, he could have just been Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. For, Pretty much for what they were playing here, uh, or I honestly would have bought him as a member of the Wild Stallions, because <laughs> half the time his dumbness is just him not quite responding to things yet. Where he, they're just like, "Hey, Joe, what are you doing?" And he'll be like, "Uh," and, and for like a couple seconds, exactly like Keanu Reeves would do, "Uh," and then finally go, "That's dangerous." <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, okay." He's he's <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's very clear that they're like we're not trying to imply that he has like downs or anything no he's just got a little bit of a disability as far as like he's a little slow yes yeah it's it's a, it's a weird portrayal i would say that in the parlance of uh, tropic thunder he did not go full no and i appre- and again that's the thing i appreciate in that they were like oh don't don't go absolutely whole hog on this yeah and thank god they didn't yeah but yeah you have the the set him up as well of like, all right, we have the priest 
who, you know, beats him and treats him like shit and is a horrible hypocrite. Yeah, and always showing up unannounced in the middle of the night and being like, Job boy, what are you doing? And which one of God's lessons helps you remember best, Job? Is it the whipping or the beating? <laughs> which one is it? The beating or the different beating? Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we have a gas station clerk which is the weirdest why is it this movie is clearly said in 1992 why is there a 1950s check under your hood for you type gas station in this like i know that some parts of the east coast still have like new jersey has like the you know you, you the full service full service only but even full service only is, it hasn't hit that point where they're like let me pop the hood of your buick ma'am oh sorry that one's a studebaker a 1952 <laughs> like what the fuck i mean this film, if I had to guess, because we know from later bits in this that it's within a day's drive of DC, it's also, because of the whole full service thing, I assume it's very East Coast. Yeah, oh, it's definitely. But, well, day's drive of DC is all you need to know for that. My guess was Maryland, but North Carolina maybe too. Well, Maryland would be like a few hours drive rather than a day's drive. I'm thinking Carolina is what I'm looking at. Okay. Like like a South Carolina-esque. Sure. Like like I said, I mentioned before we started recording, I the, the biggest vibe I got from this was Southern Gothic, or an attempt at it filtered through this weird virtual reality crap in the 90s. Because you've got, I mean, so much Southern Gothic stuff and happens in this. You got all the sultry love scenes. You've got the scene where the temptress woman is up on her balcony on the porch with the silver serving tray of lemonade being like, oh, why don't you come up? It's frightful hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was really mostly missing, like, kudzu and cicadas. Yeah, it needs those two. Th but it's already got, like, an evil, sweaty priest and... Uh, a woman what's what's slept with everyone in town and it's it's so southern gothic but uh so yeah the gas station attendant is just mean to him and not even like super mean but just like hey fuck you buddy he doesn't want to be addressed by this by this weird dude well because he's like hey you shouldn't smoke around you know the gas pumps that's dangerous which yes you shouldn't do that yeah and he's like fuck you yeah he spits a cigarette at him that kind of stuff. He's just like, don't you fucking talk to me. Uh, you know, Terry, keep your keep your guy away from me. What the, the hell, man? Uh, and then, of course, we get the fact that uh, Peter, his good child friend from next door, uh, his dad is like an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, just just central casting grade abusive father. Yeah. Look, I am a drunk, I work in construction, mm -hmm. and I will swear and hit you because you leave this damn bike in the yard. Yeah. He pulls the, the his car up so that when he opens the door, it will hit the bike. And then he hits the bike, and he's like, how dare you with this bike? And I'm like, there's no way. You, you, <laughs> you very clearly saw that, that bike. That was a setup. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got sort of our main... Those are our three. Three that are evil, but... You know, for the comeuppance of this, we'll also have the two people who kind of take advantage of him. Yes. Which, you know, is Dr. Angelo and our aforementioned, why don't you come up and see me sometime lemonade ever. <laughs> Poor Marnie. She doesn't, she, she doesn't deserve any of this. She doesn't deserve any of that. No, she did very much take advantage of a guy who, you know, pretty clearly didn't understand what was going on. And that was bad. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So the setup where in which everyone's paths cross is that 
now that Dr. Angelo's wife is, has, or girlfriend or whatever has left him, he is sort of at loose ends and just drinking and getting worse in his house. And he's, and, he's got a little journal thing where he's yes. like, oh, if only I could continue my research. It's yet more VR bullshittery because he's like, journal, opening, open a log, opening, log, entry, March 10th. Weird gray ball floating mm. through a tube. Commenc commencing part where you get to talk. Commencing. <laughs> Please do not look away. Commencing. Jesus fuck, it would take so much less time to write or type. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a hand tape recorder. Jesus. <laughs> this is embarrassing. But yeah, he's like, I need to continue my work. I was so close to getting something done. And what I really wanted was a human subject. Oh, if he only says, hearing a lawnmower in the background. <laughs> I should check to see if anyone's eating grass out front. <laughs> ah, hey, Terry, how you doing? You got any feeble-minded people I could use? Uh, anyone who's not going to be able to really object? Because let me tell you, the scene where Dr. Angelo takes Job into his house and he's like, you know... I've got some fun games you could play. I was like, ooh, ooh, stranger danger. No, no, run, Job. Get away from that man. Hello, Job. Do you like popsicles? Because I got a whole freezer full of popsicles in the basement. Yep. He's like, why don't you come on down to my basement? You know, I've got plenty of fun games you could play. Why, Peter knows I've got the best games. He comes down here sometimes, too, and I'm like, no! Oh, God! Pervert alarms! Horrible pervert alarms! Why don't you just start calling me Uncle Larry? <laughs> now we're like family, right, Job? And, and you family. wouldn't tell anything bad about a family member. I mean, he just wants to, like, let him actually play a video game and see if he'd be good for, like, studies, but it's got such a ring to it. Oof, yeah. The entire thing... Of course, he's also like, this is a weird experiment. So he's like, now, Job, can you keep a secret as he sits uncomfortably <laughs> close to him on a love seat? And you're like, nope, 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 nope. The land of a thousand nopes. <laughs> I, I did not need to see this, and I do not want to. Nope, directly into the ocean. <laughs> you you walk into that virtual ocean right now. Do not pass yup. <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon as he was like, you know, this is going to be our special secret. Don't tell anyone. I'm like, I can't. You had to know. You had to set this up to be like that. I'm sure it's completely on purpose, but it's just so funny. Uh, but yeah, he invites him down there and he has him play a game where he has to like match shapes. Yeah. He's like, okay, there's three shapes and then there's four shapes at the bottom. One of the four shapes at the bottom will be the same. It will match one of the three shapes at the top. Can you match them? And, and Job's like, no, I'm too stupid for that. I'll try. I'll try three times and then get it right on accident once. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's like, good, good. You're exactly the kind of can't quite consent to things I was looking for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry about anything. You keep come on, coming on by and see me. We're going to have real good fun down here in the basement. <laughs> and he has <laughs> somehow managed to make his own batch of mind drugs yeah he calls them nootropics which is a real thing and it's weird because re i've started seeing that word more recently than i used to in like sham facebook ads and stuff like uh -huh. within the past month I've people been are getting real big into that lawnmower man. people love that new that, that, they want that lawnmower action <laughs> i mean jeff fahey good looking man i'm not gonna oh yeah come on who doesn't want a little piece i i, I would have taken him circa lost circa when he was that that uh he was the uh the pilot yeah yeah 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he, we start these scenes of him, like, going back to this dude's house at this point, where he's playing VR games in the basement, sometimes with Peter, and he's getting injections, and he's being shown learning programs, because there's a point where Angelo confronts, or really confront him, but he's just like, hey, you know, I, I'm glad you're enjoying the games. There may be a way that we can use these games and my equipment to make you smarter. Would you like that? That way, people won't take advantage of you, like I am. I really like the the response, which is, I don't know, God made me dumb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be this way. I've tried dumb so far, and it's been working. <laughs> Pretty good for me so far. <laughs> I can enjoy Big Bang Theory right now. Ooh, bazinga. Bazinga, indeed. <laughs> Up yours, Dad. Quit recommending it to me. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, so he's like, all right, I'll inject you with this, and don't worry, it won't hurt. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, that didn't hurt at all. Great. And the VR program is essentially like, I'm going to use certain lights and patterns that will... <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Star the patterns is just like fucking old Illuminati and like Freemasonry symbol. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that, that's how you know this is evil. You're like, oh, it's it's evil VR because he's showing me like very clearly some old like sigils that I don't know, maybe had to do with something. Oh, Solomon's Pyramid. It's on the back of the $1 bill. It's so weird. Please tell me that's Solomon's and not some other pyramid. I don't remember. <laughs> Is that Lot's Pyramid? No, Lot's the salt guy. Yeah. Salt wife guy. Salt wife. He's, he's, a, regular, he's a salt wife he's guy. He's a regular salt wife guy. <laughs> Always tweeting about how hot his salt wife is. <laughs> I love my salt wife. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like a program that these lights and patterns will activate certain parts of the brain. So he's like, yeah. all right, doing the program to activate whatever part of the brain. Mm hmm and then, you know, that he's a journal entry. He's like, he's like a, his mind is like a dry, hungry sponge, <laughs> like a hungry sponge the on rest, the ocean floor. The rest of him is wet and steamy, but this, but his mind is dry. <laughs> he's always shirtless and always sweaty, just like the rest of us here. <laughs> hungry for knowledge. Yes, but also hungry for crumpets. <laughs> uh, the. The program begins to work. He's like, yeah, he's getting smarter. Uh, he's developing at an am amazing rate. And mm -hmm. at this point, he's like, all right, I've hit most of what I can do at home. I'm going to need to start taking him into the lab if I really want to push this to the next level. This does right around here is one of my favorite parts, which is when uh, Job is at home looking at fashion catalogs because he's gotten a little smarter. And, and, and he's uh, like, I don't want to wear the priest. <laughs> A baggy sweatshirt and overalls. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to dress like the for the job that the world wants me to have. With like, here, have this outfit. You know what? It's it's really missing the propeller beanie <laughs> and yeah. the slingshot in the back pocket. Yeah, but uh, the the priest walks in on him, and uh, he, uh, Job's doing something. I think he's, he's like shirtless. He's just shirtless. Yeah, he's uh, looking at a ad in a magazine basically like for jeans for jeans and he's shirtless but it's a cowboy like a couple of cowboys standing around and he is trying to imitate the pose mm -hmm. of one of the cowboys he's like all right how do i look cool yeah and then the evil priest walks in and is like 
My God, naked in your own home? What are you doing? What kind of perversion is this? <laughs> and uh, Joe whirls on him. Is like he tries to whip him. He grabs his arm, and he's like, he's like "You shouldn't hit people. You shouldn't walk uninterrupted into people's houses." And this is my house. My checks pay for it. I'm going to cash my rent. checks. <laughs> I'm going to cash my checks today. And you know what? I'm going into cl- into town because I want to buy a cowboy outfit and. And I'm turning this place into a ranch. <laughs> and I love that line because he's not quite super smart yet. No, so this idea, he's like, I'll turn this shed into a ranch. The first thing that I've glommed onto that I can think is cool is cowboys. So I've decided to go buy cowboy stuff and this is going to be a ranch now. <laughs> and you're like, all right, okay. That's, I just love the line. And the priest, of course, gets scared back out of the room. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, this guy's not going to let me whip him anymore. Maybe he's going to tell someone. What's weird about this is that this is like the last confrontation before his his uh, comeuppance death towards the middle of the film. Oh, yeah. This is the last time we see him. So it seems like Job has won because, you know, he, he tries to hit Job with a whip and Job's like, uh-uh, no, no. I, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to tell you off and I'm going to kick you out of my home. Yeah. The fact that he's like, look, I know that normally you take my checks and cash them. And, uh, no, that's not happening anymore. I'm going to have my own money. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Which, it's funny because it feels like he won. You know what I mean? And then later he shows up randomly in the church to murder this dude. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I get it. It's because he took a drug that made him psychotic. But it's it's funny because he already had the win. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing is he has that for most of this until he gets past the point of no return. Because, yeah. you know... He has a confrontation with the gas station clerk again after he has bought his cowboy outfit. Yeah, once he's just a little bit smarter, there's a scene where a, uh, a the, the, the local town woman who sleeps around, uh, there's a whole discussion about how she's not a whore because whores do it for, for work, and she does it because she wants to. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I was like, great, good for her. Yeah. Fucking Terry was like... Oh, no, whores do it for money. She just likes doing it. It's fun. And I'm like, good for her then. She has apparently no husband and a shitload of money. And if she wants to get dicked down occasionally, good for her. Yeah, the story is that she's the local town widow. Um, she, she, her rich husband died early and she's been enjoying life ever since. Yeah. And there's a scene where she pulls up to get her fluids checked or something, flirts a little bit with Jake, the mean gas station attendant, but not much. And then uh, when when ter- then she looks in her rearview mirror and sees Job's butt and, and is like sticking that oh, butt. <laughs> wow, I've never me- met you before. And he's like, I mow your lawn. It's like, oh, you can't be the lawnmower, man. You're too sexy and sweaty. <laughs> You're too sexy for that shirt. She says, pointing that horrible outfit. Uh, but he's just like, no, that's me. I mow your lawn because he's still not quite super smart. We, you know when he's super smart because his voice picks up computer computer sounds. <laughs> the moment he's super smart, he's like, I am now half Robo Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts going to that Dean Norris school of acting as soon as he gets super smart. Well, I mean, and they literally fully in computer shit into his voice. Yeah. Which is it's Superman three ish and it's it's but for here for here he's still pretty normal, but she's like, Wow, you're you're hot. I was just looking at your butt. Why don't you uh why don't you uh come home? I can't wait to have my lawn mode soon. Eh? And this causes Jake, who thought he had an in with her at this point, to get mad. So when Terry comes walking back, he's like, "Who, boy, she wants your dick, boy. <laughs> oh, she's mad for you, lad. <laughs> the end of the rainbow is your penis, son. <laughs> go, go get your golden prize. <laughs> and Jake's like, don't you dare call her a whore around me, old man, which no one did. And and Terry's trying to defuse it. He's just like, no, she's not a whore. Whores do it for money. She just has fun. She just likes fucking. 
But he's Jake is mad because this is him getting cock blocked in his mind. So he's like, "Oh, I don't oh, want to get oh, cock blocked oh, by this fucking lawnmower guy, or and especially not be belittled by this by this random Irishman who the by local- this horrible Irish stereotype." So he kind of grabs Terry by the lapels. Uh, Job intervenes and takes a punch, but doesn't fight back because so far. All of the drugs he's been taking, all of the the uh, VR stuff he's been doing, has been strictly non-aggression. Yeah, they took out the aggression drugs that were in the original serum, mm-hmm. and this is just smart. But when he gets knocked down and looks back at him, he's like, he's got that "I'll fuck your shit up" look, <laughs> and Jake is like, "Whoop, uh, I got places to be." <laughs> Well, excuse me, please. Oop doops. And then, yeah, meanwhile, Dr. Angelo has gone back to VSI to kind of beg for his position back. And it's funny because they even they're pretty much telling him, like, yeah, of course you can come on back in. Obviously, we'll weaponize whatever you make. <laughs> Clearly, that's what we do. But yeah. honestly, Tim's tries to sell him on. No, we can do it the way you have, because honestly, the results of, OK, you've been working with, you know, Job for a while and the amount of intelligence increase and capability of learning and everything. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could just sell this to the Department of Education or whatever. Like, we don't need to do military stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. And then I- he immediately <laughs> caves on that the second anyone from the military is like, okay, but how about we do, though? Yeah, you will weaponize him. And he's like, he wouldn't put up with it. He wouldn't do that. That doesn't matter. He will be weaponized. That kind of stuff. That's just yeah. that. But I love that the, they, the part where he's describing to Tim's how smart Job is now. He's like, he taught himself Latin in two hours yesterday. It took me two years just to learn the alphabet. And I'm like, I feel like that's more of a commentary on you, Angelo. <laughs> hey, Doc. <laughs> nah. It's it's a medium I mean, complex alphabet, but it's not much harder than English yeah, or the no. Roman alphabet. I'm like, hey, man, like learning Latin in two hours, very impressive. Very impressive. Maybe stop there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> just say that's what happened and don't put in your own very <laughs> terrible experience. He's like, he learned to make peanut butter sandwiches in an hour yesterday. I'm still failing to get the cap off the, bo- the jar. <laughs> I still need daddy to take the, <laughs> the jar lid off. He has to make the whole sandwich or else I stab it with a knife. <laughs> stab it with my steely knife. <laughs> I don't think you got to stop comparing him to you. It's not a useful baseline. <laughs> uh, stab it with my steely Dan. <laughs> but I just can't kill the beast. <laughs> so they get access to the lab now and... At this point, the equipment is advanced enough that he can straight up change the brainwave pattern of mm-hmm. Job during sessions. Well, yeah, because they've got such better equipment. He wears a cyber suit, with, which has glowy... He's got full haptic nonsense. Glowy Tron lines all over it, just yeah. in case you want some of those. And, and he gets to ride in one of those big old gyroscopes that they set up at, like, I don't know, senior graduation nights and stuff like that. Dude, that's just tight, though. <laughs> I do love... <laughs> And there's two of them in there so that uh, while Job's flipping around riding, there could be uh, <laughs> Dr. Angelo could get in one, too, even though all he's doing is like using a generic computer interface in there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I do not want to do my Microsoft work on a fucking gyroscope. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I would he, rather have a chair. His weird virtual interface is just like, here's a bunch of screens. You can press one to make a thing happen. I'm yeah. like, you can do that on a computer. Y'all don't need to be in like 
a weird full bodysuit in a gyroscope. You could just sit at a computer. It's There's a, one right there. It's a giant version of the Windows like menu bar interface where he's just like, uh, okay, hang on. I got to reach way up here. File. Okay, no. Okay, hang on. Scroll past a, a yard long word that says open. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now it's going even further. Oh my goodness. The amount that we can do weird training stuff is so great. And that is when we jump to Job getting way smarter. Because mm-hmm. now he's like, oh, I'm listening to music, but I only listen to five seconds of it because <laughs> I can tell where the song is going. Yeah, there's a shot of him driving around in a new car with, with uh, Danny, the little uh, little boy. And he's got a, the car does not have a CD player. They've got a boom box in the car between the two of them. Hey, 1992, Uh, that's the tech. Hey, believe me, in 1997, I was still driving around in a van that had like a boom box, like uh, uh, zip tied to the back of the driver's seat. Goddamn right. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just because I was a shitty kid, but, but yeah, it's just hilarious. And he's put changing CDs. He's like, listen to this one. That's rhythm and bass. Okay, let's take that out. Put another one in. That's classical. Four seconds. And even the kid's like, why don't you listen to the whole song? You know, you might enjoy it if you listen to more than five seconds. Don't need to. I already got the basic gist of it. I'm like, yo, I've listened to fucking a lot of songs a lot of times. And when it starts up, I know how that song's going to go. That doesn't mean I don't listen to the song. It's not like, (laughs) oops, heard this song once, never again. (laughs) Or even better, what if he's just never heard the song, but he's like, well, I've heard four seconds at the beginning of Ode to Joy. I know. I pretty much get the gist. I know where it's going to go from I'm so smart. I know how this is going to (laughs) go. Like, well, just fucking listen to it. But it, but Ode to Joy is like the near the end of Beethoven's ninth. You wouldn't you wouldn't know if you listened to the beginning that you're eventually going to get there. <laughs> Plus, what about other songs that start one way and then quickly uh, go into another one? He's going to miss so many interesting songs. I know, <laughs> but it's just such the, it's the dumbest shorthand I've ever seen for like I'm super smart now. Is I only have to listen to the first three seconds of music. Yeah, and I'm going to give you all my comic books because I don't. I don't do comic books anymore. I'm smart now. Too smart for comic books, kid. I like stocks. (laughs) I'm all about stonks now. (laughs) I bought this picture of an ape. (laughs) I'm very smart. (laughs) And yet I live in society. I bought this picture of an ape, kid. In 30 years, it still won't be worth anything. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they we get that. But then. They stop at a diner, and he's like, yeah, you can go get the comics out of the back. I have a whole trunk full of all my stuff. I'm giving it to you. Mm -hmm. So uh, Peter the Kid runs out. Sounds like a pirate. Peter the Kid (laughs) runs out, gets his six-shooter, and uh, Job starts having a headache because now he can hear the thoughts of everyone around him. And for some reason, everyone in this diner is a piece of shit because, like... The waitress who knows him mm-hmm. and is like, oh, hey, Job, are you going to have the same thing you normally have? Like, she seems nice. She knows this guy. He's been in here before. And he starts grabbing his head and looks like he is in a ton of pain. And when he is reading thoughts, she's just like, oh, man, I don't want to deal with this. And I'm like, really? Because I would go, oh, holy shit, dude. Are you OK? Yeah. Oh, the idiot boy's doing idiot boy stuff again. I don't want this. I hope he doesn't fuck up my establishment. That's. 
<laughs> yeah, everyone like, around him is just like, oh, but I was trying to eat my breakfast. What's this guy doing? Yeah, my I was not sure because I haven't seen this before, whether he was either developing like telepathy where he's actually reading their minds or whether he was like super body language. Uh, uh, because one of the guys thinks in metaphor where he's like, that guy's crazier than a J on a June bug or something. I was like, oh, it's psychic because otherwise there's no way he'd pick up this guy's local or his his imported southern wisdoms <laughs> yeah. on moths. <laughs> but apparently nobody seems to give a shit that oh, everyone's this is just, happening. Everyone's just mad. He knocks over the little bottle of creamer that's in front of him on the table and everyone's like, how dare he? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this dude looks like he is having a seizure and everyone around here is just like, oh man, this guy's ruining my dining experience. I also love that he shows up driving a fancy new car, visible because he parks it right out front. Um, I'm sorry, no. At this point, he hasn't got a new car yet. He's still driving the the the. Uh, it's the the, the truck. Lawn truck, but he's driving it. Also, he's dressed like a stockbroker. <laughs> I mean, sort of. He's dressed like a southern dude. He's got jeans on, jeans, cowboy boot, nice pressed new shirt. Has given himself an expert expert haircut, so he no longer looks like Jeff Daniels. Uh, he just looks great, and he comes in, and this woman who's known him for his life doesn't remark on how he's cleaned up his act and he isn't wearing an Alfred E. Newman running around in the swamp outfit. She isn't, he isn't dressed like Dennis the Menace anymore. Nope. And, and, and instead, she's just like, oh, it's this kid again. And not not even like, oh, someone queer eye for the straight guy, this guy. <laughs> uh, just no remarks on how he's cleaned up entirely. No. But this <laughs> leads to, of course, him going to Dr. Angelo and being like, yeah, that was fucked up. I don't want that to happen again. That really sucked and i want to make sure i don't have an episode like that because i'm pretty sure if i did i'd go crazy yeah because i was hearing everyone's thoughts yeah and dr angelo is like whoa slow down buddy um and he's maybe like, let's keep doing this though let's just keep going though huh how about that uh but definitely not sneak aggression drugs into you because that's not my motivation it's someone else's they'll be doing that yeah <laughs> and then we get a scene of uh uh, excuse me, of Fahey playing around with his new powers, where he like, for, uses telekinesis to open a bathroom mirror and then uses it again to squeeze all the toothpaste out of a tube. Well, this is after he gets the aggression drugs. Yeah, we all, I also don't want to skip over the scenes where he's, he uh, sleeps with Marnie for the first well, time. Well, yeah, because at first, uh, before he gets telekinesis, he just has the telepathy, Yeah, and he's mowing the lawn regular style, but with his shirt off, mm -hmm. because it's powerful hot. Yeah. And... Marty from next door is like in lingerie mm -hmm. with a tray of lemonade. And before she says anything, he can hear her thoughts of like, Ooh, I sure hope this guy likes lemonade and comes up here and gives me Dickens. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, then she looks down and she's like, a boy can develop a powerful thirst in such a mighty heat. Why don't you come up and have some cool lemonade? And like, He's just kind of standing there like, uh, and fucking Terry's like, what the fuck are you doing, boy? Get up there and dick her down. Get off the old one and out, one, two and out. An opportunity like this doesn't arrive every day. Now get up there and get her pregnant until she dies. The Irish way. Uh, and so now we're at a point where I'm very conflicted about the marnie thing because she is like hey have you ever kissed a lady and he's like no and she's like yeah give me stick your tongue out give me your tongue that's gross and 
Like, Give me that tongue. Stick that tongue out. I want it. <laughs> very clearly going through this was like, yeah, he's gotten smarter, but this is not something he really knows. And I feel like you're taking advantage of someone. It plays that way. This this very much plays like, ooh, I don't think you could call this consent. <laughs> <laughs> This 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 whole movie is full of a lot of people doing things that you're like, ooh, dubious consent. It is. Uh, it's funny because this movie, in any other movie where the main character wasn't explicitly made out to be kind of a doof, um, and I say that because, again, I don't think this guy has any mental disabilities. I think he's just, like, doofy. He's just a little slow. Yeah, that's all it is. But uh, it, it, it just plays like an 80s comedy where, like, a wise in the ways of sex woman gets some gormless nerd and is like, you've never kissed a girl, have you? Well, put your hands upon my breasts kind of thing. Like, <laughs> They're this, soft. Like, this scene would fit right into Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> but, yeah, he, she's like, oh, those are soft. And she's like, and then she puts her hand in his dick and she goes, hard. Yeah, <laughs> soft, hard. It's like, ugh. Uh, I'm cringing backwards into my own head now. <laughs> uh, I've gone backwards in time, and now all of me is cringing. <laughs> but they do it, and that's great. Yeah, and then they establish a relationship. They continue doing it into the future. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this guy once. Yeah. Like, oh, no. She's like, yeah, let's let's continue being together. I'm not just in this for the dick. Yeah, uh, other than this scene, which has is of dubious consent, which is hard to really... It's some dub con, is what it is. Yeah. It's... It, it's she really isn't all that... She's not like a bad character. I was fully expecting her to be a, a, a wicked temptress what leads him down a dark path and needs to get moitalized at the end by his mighty powers. But no. instead, she's she, she gets punished, but it's unexpected. Yes. Uh, because at this point is when Tim's gets a call from the director of the shop mm -hmm. and Dean Norris is like, yes, introduce the old program drugs. And he's like, you do know that didn't work. Yeah. And he's they, like, yeah, it didn't work on an ape, but what about a person? Like, Hey, we've actually developed a program that can make people way smarter. And then like, even for a regular person, like standard everyday, no problems brain to be able to learn, like, Latin in two hours is nonsense. Yeah. Maybe We've just, developed some shit here. Maybe have this guy, this, this super smart guy we bre we made, build weapons for you. Like, if the idea is to make super weapons, how about having this mega genius we brewed up in a lab, tell him to design you some cool weapons. Instead of replicating the chimpanzee experiment a while ago, remember how he killed, like, 12 of our people before he escaped? Yeah, you like, remember like, how <laughs> the aggression drugs made this two chimps kill each other and then another chimp kill a bunch of people with yeah. a gun. I'm here on the scene that we, we lost like eight men that night. I do you want to like change up the plan a little bit? So he's like more well contained or, or at least develop a new serum. Yeah. Cause he's like, yeah, just use the old program five serum. And you're like, we know that doesn't work. Maybe get a program seven serum where we introduce a new or different yeah. type of, we know it doesn't aggressive. work on chimps. And it's like, well, yeah, but, can't we at least, like, you know, put a bell on him or something so that he doesn't kill a bunch of guys? No, exact same thing. The government learns nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, of uh, course, fucking Tim's, like, Dean Norris doesn't tell him, like, yeah, just implement this shit and don't tell him. He's like, Tim's goes, there's no way Angelo's going to consent to that. And without Angelo, there is no program. And he's like, well, you'll have to be very persuasive. Good day. And Tim's is not persuasive. He just hides the drugs in a 
He just takes the old drugs and puts in the new ones. Yeah. In a weirdly dingy refrigerator in this high-tech super facility. Yeah, well. It was a strange moment, because the whole place, every time they go to VSI headquarters or whatever, it's like this weird concrete blue glowing super building yeah looks like it's out of future of the future but then there's one point where they zoom in on this fridge and it's like dingy and it's clear that someone kicked the shit out of it at some point hey and i'm like i guess that's the fridge they could get maybe a chimp got loose on it or something i was gonna say yeah <laughs> fucking some chimp got out there and was like fuck this fridge Whoa, fuck so angry fridge. about fridges <laughs> but at that point that's when they start giving him the new stuff but it almost kills him the first time. Like, he starts having a reaction to it mm-hmm. where his brain, like, is losing it. He's fucking having hemorrhaging and shit. And then, after it's done and he shuts it down and uh, Job barely survives, Dr. Angelo's like, yeah, this almost killed you. And for anyone else, you would have had horrible lesions and been fucked up. Your brain is fully healed, like, a day later. Yeah, you're perfectly fine. I don't know what the hell happened, but... I'm even in my case, I'm pretty much done here. I don't want to keep going too late, though. Now that Job's had a taste of power and aggression and psychic abilities and all that. Now he's turned into the person who's like, no, we must continue the work, doctor. Yeah. Perhaps you have not noticed yet that I have outsmarted you. I am smarter than anyone has smarted. Yeah. And this This is is when when he he develops telekinesis. Yeah. And uh, computer voice where he starts talking with like some. Like, modem noise in his voice. Yeah, because now he's got an aggression drug, so now yeah. he's evil. This is when he goes out and visits the... It, it, I honestly expect... I had to check, like, I had to click on my screen to check to see how far the movie was, because he starts murdering the three people what done him wrong, and, uh, well, actually, that doesn't no, happen... first in, we have to do Marnie's Marnie, First Marnie, yeah, okay. So, he goes to Marnie to, uh, to sleep with her again, and he's like, hey, why don't you come with me and we'll have a new kind of fun sex? And she's like, sure, I'm down for whatever. I'm I'm, I'm the most rad character of this movie. Yeah, d- you told <laughs> me there's some cool thing we can do. And she's like, look, I love you and I love riding on your big weird dick. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me this is going to be cool, fuck it, I'm down. Let's G-G-G, go. GGG, let's get this done, buddy. And they head over to VSI. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to hook you up to this and it's going to be a whole new weird experience. And then as far as I can tell... He uses the virtual reality program to, like, psychically drain her mind. It's so confusing because she dies in the virtual reality thing while they're, like, having extremely awkward looking stupid cyber sex between their two, like, purple and silver physical avatars. Well, she, she doesn't die. He turns into no, a right. monster. She doesn't. Yeah. He gets more monstrous and she loses most of her mind and just can kind of vaguely giggle. Yeah. Um, but... There's the first, like, I want to talk about how awful their sex is in cyberspace, because she's like, oh, look at this. I'm a purple uh, mannequin dummy with huge tits now. This is great. Let me kiss you. Oh, my lips got stuck to your face and are oh. three feet long. This is super erotic. Our, our faces are all melded together. Now we're spirals. Ooh. And then she's like, wait, what is this? I'm stuck in something. And she is caught in a lake of cybernetic jizz. And and it's amazing that the movie doesn't, he's like, ah, that's just a leftover of our primal minds or something. And just concentrate and you can get out of it. She's like, no, help me out. Please help me. I'm stuck in what is very clearly cyber jizz. And at this point he turns into a monster, like a VR monster Mm -hmm. and starts eating her brain essentially through the thing. And so she, just ends up turning into a giggling, like, empty-brained person because even when he uses the telepathy, 
all that she is thinking is giggling. Yes. Like she's done. But then he kind of snaps out of it and realizes what he's done. And he's like, oh, God, I didn't mean for this. This isn't what I wanted. Yeah. But and now it's time for him to go visit terrible revenge on people who wronged him. Yeah, because he's going to instead go back to the lab and be like, okay, I know things have been weird and fucked up, but what if I take four hits of this super drug and then go into VR? And then that's when he goes over the edge and instead of still being like nice Job, but now he's got a bit of an edge, he is just cyber murderer Job. Yeah, it becomes cyber Job. Uh, and, and the first, then he just starts killing off all the people that wronged him. So he shows up at the church in the middle of the night, uh, which is God bless. Oh my God. Cause the priest comes out. He's like, I haven't seen you in two months. What's going on who, here? Who's in my church? We're closed. Come back tomorrow and I'll take your confession. And, and, uh, Job's like, I'll take your confession. Father Job, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. Get out of my church. What is this? And he's like, it's judgment day. <laughs> I'm going off the top rope. Well, he says it with the exact cadence of garbage day from Santa Slate 2. And it's weird. Uh, and he sets the priest with his mind on digital fire. And digital fire. And it's weird because he literally is like, sets one of his arms on fire. And it's the worst digital effect you've ever seen. Yes. Like to the point where I was pretty sure it was not supposed to be fire. Like he was just being casting him into digital purgatory or something with his with his cybernetic VR nano powers or whatever was just going to send this guy to digital purgatory because his arm turns into yellow and black pixels. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's sending you to the digital void. Yeah, no, he is instead lighting you on fire. This is fire. That's and what it, that's the, that's what the movie wants us to know. Yeah, and instead of using fire effects, they use the world's worst computer graphic fire and <laughs> pixels. But instead of it being like, oh, he's surrounded in it, his body turns into a black silhouette mm -hmm. covered in pixels. He gets turned into the human digital torch. Yeah, he looks like fucking Sunspot, and then he <laughs> dies. <laughs> and the, the shorthand of the movie is that he's supposed to have just been lit on fire, because there's a point towards the end where, like, a, a local cop who is also uh, critically Irish... It's like, it's that spontaneous human combustion I've heard about. He was burned alive in his church. And you're like, Someone killed him with a flamethrower. Flamethrower? No, no, clearly not. That was not fire. Uh, it was one of those digital flamethrowers. Digital flamethrower. <laughs> he looked nothing. <laughs> yeah, and so, then he, he goes to uh, the gas station attendant, and he <sighs> digitally lawn mows his brain. Okay, so... <laughs> So Jake is already, he like we mentioned earlier, Jake does not want any part of Job anymore because Job looked up at him after he punched him. Uh, so when he sees him out there, he's like, what are you doing here, lawnmower kid? Just go away. We're closed. Get out of here. Yeah, you're leaving me alone. And Job's like, grabs him te with telekinetic, uh, with the uh, lawn, or the, gas, sorry, the station. gas station, the gas pumps. Yeah. And, and pulls him against the thing. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. He's pulled him against the pumps. A perfect opportunity for him to telekinetically take this guy's lit cigarette and use it to blow up the gas yeah. station. Oh, you the, shouldn't smoke around here. It's Here's dangerous. The yeah, exactly. But instead, what he does is he sends a digital lawnmower into his brain, now, mows his brain with it. Now, I need to make clear here. It is not a digital lawnmower. It is Job's head with his mouth turned That's into a right. giant wide lawnmower blade thing. One of those early 70s push lawnmowers. And he proceeds to mow slash eat the top of this dude's brain 
digitally. Yes. And then he cuts back out. He's like, the lawnmower man's in your head now, Jake. And there's no escape ever. And then he leaves and Jake's just like, and And I'm like, what did you do? There is no further telling what happens because he goes and kills the next door neighbor's abusive dad with an actual lawnmower Mm. to the head. Yes. But when they're talking to the cops afterwards, they're like, oh, it just craziness. You know, we had this guy who's, you know, part of him is in the bird bath and, uh, like absolute worst murders I've ever seen. Yeah, we also found the priest and a priest dead. And we found poor Marnie Burke walking around just giggling. And, you know, someone assumed she saw one of these murders and it's, you know, fucked her up. But I've seen people who have gone off the reservation and she's not coming back. Yeah. And no mention of Jake of Jake. <laughs> Ever again. Which is great because we have no idea what happened. Did he make him like dumb the way that that I, I, that was what I assume was supposed to be? He, he was, was like, like I'll, I'll make you like I was. Yeah. Now you're the lawnmower man or whatever, you know, like you're you're the <laughs> you're la- the lawnmower man now, dog. <laughs> doesn't, and we never actually get that resolution. It's weird. But yeah, then we get the scene, the uh, the like dead alive grade scene where he, he uh, uses a radio control telekinetically powered lawnmower to chase the random abusive dad around the house. Yeah, he psychically puts the kid and mom to sleep so that he can chase the dad with a lawnmower and murder him. Yes. And the dad is, oh my God, the scene with the dad. This is another one of those like visual shorthand that would expect you would expect to see in something that is 22 minutes of entertainment and not an hour and 48 where the dad is like, hey, I'm drinking a beer and watching wrestling and wearing a white tank top and jeans with a shirt or my pants unbuttoned, feet up on the coffee table, mud gonna, on my boots. Before I get in there, I'm going to kick a like video game and go, damn, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Might beat my wife later. <laughs> Feeling cute. Might beat my wife later. It's just so central casting but then yeah he gets murdered with a lawnmower that it's like he gets the most gruesome kill in it he never even spoke to job directly yeah but he's also probably the worst of the yeah he is abusing a kid yeah now while this murder spree is happening dr angelo is in dc pitching his program to the director for some reason and not anyone else i'm assuming that dean norris was like look if i'm gonna be in your movie i'm not just gonna be like the exact th- middle third of my head on a giant TV screen. No, I get to be actually on screen. The director once. was like, "We've already got a guy. You're not. We're not hiring another guy." <laughs> so they're like, "All right, here's our thing. We've done this program. He's super advanced. The applications for you know not just helping people with disabilities, but learning, education, human advancement are limitless. You can see, and Dean Norris does not realize." that Tim's never told Angelo that he was changing the formula. So he just goes, okay, how did the old project five formula work? And Angelo's like, the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> and Tim's is like, oh, he doesn't, I was going to tell you, buddy. <laughs> That's and right. Angelo, of course, is like, oh, you dumb motherfucker. You fucked everything oh, up. Sh- I got to go find him before he kills everybody in town. You know what happened to the chimps. How could you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> So he takes off. 
Uh, he's technically supposed to go back to his hotel room. And this is a part where there's like government conspiracy shit happening. So Angela goes back to his hotel room, but then like wet work guys are sent to collect him and bring him back to VSI to force him to keep working. Yeah. And they're he, like, oh, well, we need you because there's no project without you. And this is the point where Angelo, who to this point has done nothing but hang out in VR and play with with uh, Job in his basement, turns into like an action badass for a few minutes. Yeah. He knocks out Tim's. He gets caught by some guy in the hotel while he's trying to leave mm-hmm. who has a fucking Uzi pointed at him. And then a, <laughs> a fucking bellhop shows up with a bucket and wine in it. And it surprises the government guy long enough for Angelo to grab the bottle and smash it on the other guy's head. And he's like, uh, here hands the Uzi to the dude. And it's like, cover him <laughs> bellhop's like you got it sir it's just a sure like, thing okay i guess i'll hold this gun to this guy it's uh it's it's dummy night at the hotel because the other the, he's trying to escape clearly so he's like gonna call her up and he's like very quickly trying to walk out of the hotel and like the random concierge is like mr angelo your doctor, messages your messages dr lawrence angelo <laughs> you know that sound you've been looking for and he keeps turning around like Mm-mm, no no quit saying my name out loud leave me alone and she's <laughs> Your cousin, Marvin Angelo. <laughs> but he steals the agent's car and drives back to to uh, try wherever and- this takes place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when he gets back, that's when he talks to the policeman and they tell him all about the murders that mm-hmm. have happened. And he's like, oh, God, he's ar- he's doing this shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and then tries to confront him. And, you know, Joe shows up just at his like, house. No, uh, we're going to keep doing this and you're too afraid to. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tie you up using telekinesis in your own basement while I am going to go become a digital god. Yeah, this is the point where he spills his newfound plan, which is uh, he's going to go. He's going to become entirely online. He's going to become way too online. He's going to get so (laughs) online. And then he's going to like spread. He's like, from that space, I can reach 5,000 computers. Yeah. From from this database, I will reach 5,000 others. And from there, even more. And then... (laughs) 5,000 is not that many. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, 5,000 and then those 5,000 connect to 5,000. That's true. He'll he'll, he'll really spread around. And then he's like, I'll become a a digital god. The Uh, the Messiah. The birth cry of my... (laughs) <laughs> new form will be every telephone on the planet ringing at once i'm like that's weird but okay that sure seems like that's the way you're gonna do the ending of the movie <laughs> <laughs> weird that you tell me that but okay yeah and angela's like no nah, man don't don't do any of that that's 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 dumb as hell that's, that's dumb please don't the you and instead of saying hey they've been giving you aggression drugs mm-hmm. i need you to know this yeah he's like Oh, we've gone too far. Oh, what have we done? I'm what like, just hath tell science him. rot? Just tell him he is currently drugged. Can't we play more basement games? Huh? Yeah, instead of being like, yeah, they gave you a bunch of medication that made you psychotic. Like, uh, hey, I just want you to know you're under you're under the influence of a tremendous amount of drugs that I did not authorize for you. Uh, the government did this. Yeah, just be like, hey, this plan's cool and all. And I, <laughs> I want to hear so much about your rad plan to become Digigod. But how about we wait, let's say a week for it to get out of your system. Mm-hmm. And then if you still want to be Digital God, then we can be right there on your page. I'll drive you to VSI myself. <laughs> uh, You've been incidental here, Angelo. Good day. And then the wet work guys show up and we get his new power, which is 
creating a big gold digital version of his head outside. <laughs> which, which doesn't look like him at all. Which He looks like Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he kills the two government guys by turning them into little cyber balls. He turns them into balls. He turns them into little cyber balls that go scattering. Mm -hmm. And Dean Norris assumes that this is some new energy weapon that Angelo yeah, has made. Part. He's like, we no longer require the Project 5 research. Dr. Angelo has invented a crazy energy weapon. Yeah. And Tim's just like, no, he didn't. He only does brain shit. He doesn't want to make weapons. There's no way he would do that. And he's like, I saw it with my own eyes. It's real. Now go get all his files. Go get all those files and delete everything. <laughs> Angelo, meanwhile, puts a uh, gets saved by the kid next door. Yep. Uh, Peter cuts him loose and he's like, all right, I got to put a virus in the VSI computer to shut down all of its network capabilities mm -hmm. to try and stop uh job from being able to get to online which is one of my favorite bits of bad uh digital screen stuff in this movie full of it where he's like i need to hack into the password of the vsi system and it's like a bunch of stacked on top of each other mazes yeah well <laughs> it's almost as good as the scene where job and and peter or whatever are flying little spaceships around through a bunch of like retractable teeth yeah just through the, the big metal teeth room. That's my favorite part of this movie in a nutshell, because it's basically so much ADR that has nothing to do with anything you're seeing on screen. So it's just like a, a video game sequence is playing out, and over it, you just hear Jeff Fahey being like, ha ha, watch out. Oh, no, I'm coming for you. Look, here we go. You're like, none of this. Ah, not, nothing ever corresponds to a movement on screen, even a little. Oh. <laughs> uh. But so, yeah, meanwhile, Job has mind-controlled Terry, Yep, uh, the gardener, who just wakes up in his house and is like, Okay, Job. I, okay, Job, I'm on my way. <laughs> and then gives him a ride to the VSI headquarters. And uses digital bees! Digital, digital bees! Digital bees! Take care of all of the guards. There's like 50 guards out front because Tim's heard that he was coming. And Tim's like, get everyone out front now! And yeah, then, well, he assumed, like, oh, Angelo's coming and he's got a new weapon or some shit. Yeah. So he's like, all right, throw all the guards out there. Yeah. Ton of guards. And they get taken out by a swarm of digital bees mm -hmm. and not even killed. They just jump out of the way of it while the truck drives past them. Yep. And then... And then bees, bigger bees, come out of the swarm of digital bees and chase the guards away. Yeah, big digital wasps come out of the digital bees, and the guards are like, ah, fuck this, I'm ah, out. wasps, so they run away. Ah, digital wasps! <laughs> <laughs> then when they park out front, uh, Job's like, thank you, Terry, I'm going to go inside now. You've always been good to me, thank you. And then the one chief guard who stayed behind has a sniper rifle, and shoots Terry in the chest. Causing uh, causing Job to just roar. He's like... <laughs> it doesn't really seem to do anything. He just does it. Well, you know. I assume he kills that guard, but we don't... He makes the guard shoot himself in the head. Oh, that's right. I fucking forgot. Yeah, it's been a few days since I watched this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, the guard's like, no, don't make me do it. And then he shoots himself in the face. Uh, and when uh, Angelo gets rescued, he manages to get the neighbors to not lend him their car, but has the mom drive him and her son 
to VSI to drop him off. And he's got an assault rifle already. He's like, you gotta give me he's a ride. He has an assault rifle and a bag full of C4. Yeah, and he's like, you gotta give me a Where's he got that, by the way? Why does uh, he the have truck. Oh, the truck. Okay. The government guy's truck. That's right, yeah. So he's like, you gotta give me a ride to VSI. We gotta go there right now. And they're like, okay. And then when they get there, he's like, now, you gotta go away. Do not follow me or come with me. And the mom is like, you got it, boss. I'll Dri- get away from here. And, you know, they originally she suggests like, oh, do you want me to like, way to block down or something until you're done. He's like, no, you need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you need to get away from this. I'm going to blow the building up. Get out of here. And she's like, you got it, boss. And she drives a block away. And despite the fact that her husband died yesterday, and, and she just <laughs> drove a dude with a gun and a bag of C4 to a building to explode. Oh, and brought and her son. her son. <laughs> she gets about a block away and she's like, you know what? Nap time. I'm fucking sleepy out i go and then the kid comes running into the building yes <laughs> so angelo's setting up c4 charges throughout meanwhile job has you know digivolved himself into the computer you've seen the pictures of what he looks like it is not great he's got <laughs> he, he's got it's vaguely jeff Fahey's face but not really Plastered onto sort of a brown C-3PO with extra chest muscles and little tiny hands, who's just kind of love it, just kind of going all slow. I'm the god of the interworld, uh, <laughs> and he's trying to find a way out because he keeps being like, "I'll go through this port." Access denied. <laughs> Access denied. Ah, uh, let me out. One of these will be open, and we get the uh, the knowledge that. He has lost his psychic powers because he no longer has a brain now that he's just a digital version of himself. Oh, by that scene where he gets sucked out of his... The only show is legs, like the suit, his the, leg suit. And it just like deflates he, like a balloon. Yeah, when he gets turned into his full energy digital self, his body deflates to nothing except for his head, which turns into a mannequin head. <laughs> it's like a plaster cast. <laughs> And then Job's, oh, sorry, uh, Angelo's running around in the building setting bombs with, a, for some reason, a 15-minute timer, I assume, so he can get out and live. But eventually, after he sets enough bombs, he realizes that, that Peter's in the building and goes into the internet. Well, this is before, he he hooks himself into the fucking system before he even knows Peter is there. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I'm going to get in here and I'll stop you, Job. And I'm like... Why did you hook yourself in there where you know he can just beat the shit out of you? You've determined that he can't do anything to the outside world with psychic powers anymore now that he's in the computer. Why don't you just blow up the mainframe, set a timer for like 20 seconds, and fuck off? (laughs) But instead he's like, I know what will help. I'll get my stupid jumpsuit on and get into virtual reality so that Job can immediately be like, and slap. Yeah. (laughs) Go away. I will put you on a cross, which is weird because I'm the one with the Christ complex and the whole religious thing was me, but I'm going to put you on the cross for some reason. (laughs) I'm going to leave you like your girlfriend did. Would have been probably more thematic, but. But no. How did you know about that? That happened before we met. Telepathy. But then he's like, oh, I need to know what's going on. So I'm going to turn my fingers into weird wires and put them in your digital head and find out that there are bombs. (laughs) And that's when he hears Peter running around going like, 
Dr. Angelo? I'm Job! Yeah, because the building is a very confusing futurist, like... It's just It's a weirdless maze. Yeah. And so he's like, I've gotten lost in here, I have. Oh no, I just want to find my best friend in the world, Job. I gotta collect two dollars for these papes I've been delivering. <laughs> and that's when we get the final resurgence of Job's little bit of humanity. Because he's like, look, you have to let me out of here, Job. Because if you don't, you are going to murder the only person who has been your friend. Yeah. Like, the two people who are your friends, uh, one got shot, you coming in here trying to beat God, mm. are you going to let the other one get blown up? Yeah, and he's like, yes, you, did you see what I did to Marnie? <laughs> no, that was an accident, I didn't mean to! <laughs> so he's like, alright, fuck off, you get out of here, Dr. Angelo, you go save him, but I'm going to keep trying to get out of here. I will get out! Because, you know, I can't go back to my, you know, deflated body so yeah. i love that he has to check each one of these ip ports individually as opposed to just like running some kind of web sort search of the ip ports to see which one's open just be like ah, just show me a list just show me a numbered list of ip ports make them red if they're closed and green if they're open all right do it and all so right. he has to keep pulling hexagons out of space and being like check this one closed access denied no push it back get another one <laughs> yeah i mean i do there's basically like encryption on each node that he has to hack through. Yeah. And it doesn't take him long because he just sort of like fiddles with the yeah, hexagon. Like a, I'm doing that. I'm doing, I'm doing a puzzle. No access denied. So I'm like, I get that he has to do it one at a time because each one is its own little encryption node, I guess. I guess. But still, it'd be like much easier to work from a file in front of it. Like it's just, a it'd be much easier <laughs> if this wasn't virtual reality. <laughs> Which seems to always be the case in virtual reality stuff. Pretty much The Matrix is the one movie where it's like, no, that, that virtual reality makes sense because it's designed to perfectly simulate regular reality. <laughs> uh, so Angelo gets the kid. They get out with some help from uh, Job because he has to, like, open one of the locked doors. Yeah, get out! And uh, he finds a back door just before everything explodes, does Job. So mm -hmm. A maintenance hatch. I'll escape. A back door. <laughs> Marnie just taught me about these. <laughs> Do you get it? Bot sex. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now Dr. Angelo's like, well, it's time to continue my work. And this time I'll learn my lesson, I guess. And well, I'm going to keep trying to make the world a better place. And hey, lady that I barely know and kid who's only been over here a few times, you're my family now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Assumedly, we'll have hot, steamy sex in a minute, ma'am. Ring, <laughs> ring. Yeah, and then he looks and he's like, it's a phone ringing. But it's funny because he gets a terrified expression, and even though he can only hear the one phone ring. But as we pan out to the rest of the world, it's like, oh, no, every phone in the world is ringing. Cyber Job has unleashed himself upon the planet. And that's the end. Yeah. I do like that they thought that by the year 2001, we'll all be in VR. <laughs> we'll all be in VR all the time. Uh, have you ever actually used one of those old tool, old school VR machines? Oh, yeah. I used one in 1996 at the San Diego Comic Con. I, uh... I think it was, I want to say, probably around the time this came out, like 92, 93. Mm -hmm. uh, some arcade, I was like, fuck it, let's see what your your dumb gimmick is. This is way too expensive, but okay, let's do it. Yeah. And it was like, what do you do? Oh, you walk around, 
and you can swing a sword at a dragon in like the world's biggest pixel room. <laughs> it's polygons, yeah. I mean, when I in '97 or so, I was playing a lot of uh, Mech Warrior at like there was a local arcade that had like six Mech Warrior cabinets oh, and yeah. six race cabinets. I preferred the race personally, but my friends were all playing Mech Warrior constantly. Um, Fair, and, but it was it was the closest. Th- it was like very immersive. You know, screens all around you. It wasn't that, like, helmet VR shit, but that yeah. was the closest I've played to, like, lots of VR. Okay. So, but yeah, but by 2001, everyone was like, wait a minute, I could just go on the internet. Wait a minute, <laughs> I don't need a VR helmet. I can just be online. I can just go into an IRC channel and pretend to be someone I'm not. <laughs> I can just go to teen chat room 87 on aol and type asl <laughs> someone will tell me they are a lady and i'll be like cyber hey you you down for cyber <laughs> and they're like no what no i just respond to asl even though there's like one dude who just says asl every five minutes remember that now in those chat yeah, rooms because there's, there's one, one guy, guy he's like this the art the, the uh, ombudsman of the room and it's his job to <laughs> be like asl once more around the room <laughs> Yeah, but that's because every time he does it, he's like, and now to I am all of these ladies. <laughs> cyber? 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 No? Very well. Five minutes from now, I will check again <laughs> to see if there is a fresh crop. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. Old chat rooms. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> I know. So let's go ahead and get into our bests and worst then for Lawnmower Man. Jeff, what is the best thing? I mean... Presumably, it's going to be Jeff Fahey's Je- sweaty chest. Jeff Fahey's sexy, sexy body. <laughs> His big, sweaty Jeff Daniels hairdo. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, the, the early 90s was the time period for that big Jeff Daniels haircut, whether it was on him or Yahoo Sirius or <laughs> Jeff Fahey. <laughs> Everyone was going to have that haircut, oh. that, that hair bear bunch haircut. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I was just going to say Jeff Fahey's uh, performance in general is actually like I was I had a lot of misgivings going into this because I knew the basic plot of it. Oh, of course. And I was like, I don't want to watch him play that character. Nope. <laughs> but he's not. It, it's not as bad as I expected it was going to be. No. So uh, I, I, I kind it's of enjoyed much, his much more restrained than you might have feared. Yeah, I enjoyed his sweaty Popeye performance. So I, I, I think I'll go ahead and kick it to his acting in general. Great. He was fun to watch. What about you? Awesome. What was your favorite thing? I. uh <laughs> There's a part of me that wants to say the virtual reality in this is my favorite bit because I, I love it did. so much. It's so cheap and old. It's so good. Yeah. And watching it, I just keep going like, oh, I'm, I'm just mentally replacing this with what it would be right now. <laughs> being like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> in my mind, I kept being like, why are you enjoying this ugly floating multicolored orb shit? You know, Street Fighter 2 came out this year. <laughs> You could be rocking it with Zangief right now. What are you doing? Come is, on. This is so ugly. <laughs> uh, but no, I think my my favorite thing in this is probably the fact that, like, I want to say his re- Jeff Fahey's relationships with the people, like, that he is friends with. Okay. Uh, Terry and Terry, Peter. Peter and Marnie. Oh, like all of them are very good. There are some dubious parts to it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, ah, oh, good. None of the people that are his friends like treat him like he is any like different or worse than them. They're just like, no, you're great. You're my friend. I like you. Yeah. Although they all get disappointed in him for being who he is, because even Peter, there's a scene where he's like, hey, Peter, I got you the new comic book. It's awesome, man. Number four or whatever. And Peter's like, 
This is a 3D one. Where's the 3D glasses? The what? You need gla- it comes. Oh, no, it's okay. I got my own. I already have my own. Then why did you ask, you little turd? <laughs> uh, I also like these. This is the collector's edition, and he hands him like a sweaty, matted, rolled this up. This has comic. been in my back pocket for clearly the whole day while I've been doing yard work. <laughs> and the kid's like, "Wow!" Instead of like. What do you mean collector's edition? This is trash your hands. It's early me. 90s. Every comic is a collector's edition. <laughs> what is this, Wildstorm? Let's see. <laughs> All right. Worst thing in the movie for you? Uh, I mean, uh, there's not that much in this movie. It's pretty much a smooth experience. Smooth but I mean, it's, it's peanut butter. It's just going to be the couple bits of dubious consent. Yeah, the, the Doctor Angelo dubious. Hey, come on down to God my basement, damn it. kid. The why don't you come see the games in my basement? Is whew. also soft, hard. I think that <laughs> I think that line alone might be my least favorite thing. Fine, I mean, that sent me Go back. For to, it. That was like, that sent me back to the caveman days. <laughs> I I, cr- I cringe so hard. What about uh, you? Worst thing? Oh, it's definitely Dean Norris. Come on, man. <laughs> I've seen you in so many things, and none of them are you acting as weirdly wooden as this. Uh, that, that That's just telling me you haven't seen the Book of Henry. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> Coming up next. <laughs> but yeah, God, that was bad. And he, not just his acting, but like the entire concept of, all right, well, I know this project has failed, but what if project again? Like, <laughs> but we already have success with this thing. But what if not that thing? <laughs> well, I mean, there is a setup for that. There is technically, I, I saw it when I was looking for this movie, <laughs> Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War. Nice. <laughs> I want to find out when that came out. I, I really want to learn it came out in like 2015 or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it came out in 2001 so that it'd be like, and now it's 2001 and everyone's in virtual reality. (laughs) But Uh, sure, that's fair. There you go. And finally, our rating. Each of us giving a zero to five for a rating out of ten. Jeff. Um, Three? Feels like a three. Like, it's it's an okay horror. It's not scary at all. It's just a goofy... No, it's a it's a very formulaic set em up knock em down revenge. In fact, it's so formulaic and sweaty that I'm going to give it a two and a half. That's fine. Yeah. It's just too sweaty and steamy for me. I'm just like, ew. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a three and a half so that we can average to a baseline six. Okay. I can't stop you. Yeah. So One and a half. <laughs> We're negotiating now. <laughs> Go ahead. Give six. it a four and a half. Give it a six. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I give him a negative two. <laughs> uh, we could do this all day. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, six out of ten, it is way better than it has any right to be, but also not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there you go. There's Lawnmower Man for you. Uh, it's called Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. And Job is no longer played by Jeff Fahey. He's played by Matt Frewer. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's an upgrade or not, but I kind of love it. Just trying to figure out when it came. Because I love him. 96. Ooh, nice. So it's not as, it, it didn't take as long to come out as I would have expected. Yeah, now I'm now I'm somewhat more excited than I had been. <laughs> Finding out that Matt Frewer's in yeah, I'm like, ooh. He's great. I love Matt Frewer. He's definitely the best part of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> he's 100% the best part of uh, Orf- both The Stand <laughs> and... Lots of the episodes of Eureka that he's in. I was going to say, about the only thing I can think of that he's not the best part of that he's in is uh, Orphan Black. 
the only thing he's great I've seen it, that but... he's not the best part that he's in is I think the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, okay. He's still very good yeah. at it, though. Love me, love me some Matt Frewer. Love him. Mm-hmm. That's the opinion on Matt Frewer here from Movie Master. Not even in this film. Six, <laughs> six out of ten. Matt Frewer, nine out of ten. <laughs> Matt Frewer to ten. Call us out of ten. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We, of course, have more content for you if you head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. We sure we, do. We've got the TV mastery stuff coming up. We're just... Round in the corner, uh, finishing up The Flying Nun in the next few episodes. Oh, I did not know that. And uh, we also, of course, at that level, you get the monthly afterthought, which, you know, this month's was a doozy. So <laughs> I, I haven't put it out yet. I'm waiting for the day after uh, the, the end of this weekend. I, I recommend getting <laughs> in on the ground floor of that one. <laughs> it was a fun episode to record. And uh, it also gives you all our other bonus content. So, you know, $5 level, super great, gives you all the stuff we're doing. And even if you can't support us financially because, you know, times are tough, there's a pandemic going on, Mm -hmm. go ahead, just, you know, leave us a review, say something nice, Mm -hmm. tell somebody to uh, listen to us, maybe. We also take non-monetary contributions. If you have a sack of grain that's just burning a hole in your (laughs) pocket. You need to send us a goat. (laughs) We'll take a goat. We'll take a goat and a half. I don't want half a goat. Ew. <laughs> no, is it get, the right side of the goat? Well, I, you know, it actually boils down to each of us getting three quarters of a goat. Oh, so, okay. I hope you're okay with that. Just no head. Yeah. That's, that's so no it. head. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I jump on a skateboard or something. That's the vine. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back in another couple of weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you have a good one.